Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Mindy, and thanks for joining us today. As we begin our prayer and reading today, let's start off by taking a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. Let's take a moment to share with the Lord where we're at, what we're thinking and feeling, as well as thank Him for all that He's done, is doing, and will do. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, as I read your words in scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you lead me and give me understanding. Lord, I ask that you would draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. Our reading today is John 18. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he, so if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to be the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest, but Peter stood outside the door. 
So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door, and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of the man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I've always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me and what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of the disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What sticks out the most to me about this chapter today is Peter's three times denial of Jesus. It makes me wonder, did he realize what he was doing and saying in the moment? Did it take him a few minutes? Did he not even realize what he'd done until the rooster crowed? Whenever he realized it, I'm sure he felt the crushing sadness of failure. He'd failed Jesus, who he truly did love so much. His fear had taken control of him, and he did not stand in the face of danger, but rather hid. It makes me think of our many Afghan brothers and sisters who are facing persecution for loving Jesus too. 
What a grace and strength given by God to stare death in the face. Maybe even worse is staring the death of someone you love in the face and still refusing to fold and refusing to deny Jesus. Oh, Jesus, may you strengthen us in this same way. Back to Peter. How agonizing that Peter now had the weight of this betrayal betrayal and failure on him. Peter's failure is one of the most well-known failures in the Bible, but he went forward one step at a time. Jesus forgave him, and Peter went on to preach a sermon to the very people that crucified Jesus, and 3,000 of them were saved. Our failures are not the end, and we do not have to let them define us no matter how badly it hurts. I relate in a way. The enemy knows just how to get me in the most tender places and brings to mind memories of ways I didn't love my dad very well in his last days. He brings to mind times that I've failed my children. There have been times that I've let it weigh me down to despair. But thank God he's never let me remain there and has given me the grace to accept forgiveness, to forgive myself as well, and to go on loving my children the best way I can for them and also for my dad. God uses failure to build character in our lives. He convicts us and brings us maturity. It's often by this pain that we see the most growth in our lives. Perhaps Peter needed the experience of falling flat on his face big time in order to be humbled and also empowered by Jesus's forgiveness to go on and do mighty things for the kingdom. So be encouraged when you fail. God uses all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He is the potter and we are the clay. And instead of letting any failure define us, perhaps we can realize that God ordained that failure to help us know and experience more of who he is and in a more personal way. When we fail, we need to repent and allow ourselves to be restored when we do not repent, oh, that can definitely become a foothold for the devil, and he is happy to drag us as far down as he can by it. Instead, we can learn from our failures and allow them to motivate us. They certainly motivated Peter. When, when we confess and repent and allow our hearts to be open to the Holy Spirit, he can wash us with the truth and peace and make all the sharp edges of that pain soften in his loving embrace. Nothing we have done or will ever do surprises him. How might you wash yourself in the truth so that you don't fall prey to believing that you are a failure? Sometimes it takes a tangible, intentional effort to fight against the lies.
Father, help us as we desire to love you, hear you, and be closer to you. Whenever we fail, would you bring to mind your compassion and joy that we might be willing to lay it at your feet and be strengthened by your might. Help us to see and experience that in our weaknesses, you're strong, that we do not have to strive for perfection, but can instead rest in your finished work and steadfast love for us. Give us faithfulness, honesty, character, and zeal for you like Peter. In the name of Jesus and for your glory, amen. Through our lives and by our prayers, may your kingdom come.